0: I really didn't think that my sleep could get any better. Um, I just thought that that's the way that it was gonna be. And um, when I took the training, I was blown away by the research and the statistics on how many people don't sleep well. And then on the flip side of that, what the implications of not getting a good night's sleep every single night did to our health. Hey, I'm Alana Bonneman, naturopath and holistic nutritionist.
1: This podcast is dedicated to reclaiming your health by harnessing yourself as your biggest asset. Get ready because this is where we stand up for your body's ability to heal, go against outdated norms and say yes to change, creating true and lasting success all from the inside out. Thank you so much for being here. This is the Health After 30 podcast and let's get started. Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Health After 30 podcast. Your host, Alana Bonneman, here with you. And thank you so much for being here. You could have been anywhere right now, but you're here, interested in your health and listening to this podcast. If you've been listening for a while, you'll know that I have a special interest in helping mums regain a new wave of energy and motherhood. If this speaks to you, I'd like to invite you to be a part of my inner circle and join my mailing list. It's where I share tips, updates and unique opportunities. If you join today, you'll also get a copy of The Ultimate Guide to Snacks. This is a cookbook which I've put together, which is exclusively for snacks because they truly are the hidden meal which will maximize your nutrition. And when it comes to your health, nutrition is the first place to start. I look forward to seeing more of you, but for now, this is enough of me and let's get into today's episode. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Melina Moses. Moses. Now, Melina is a certified sleep consultant and she works to help achieve restorative sleep, even in the most complex of cases. And after working for years in the sleep consulting field, Melina's developed a deeper understanding of the factors that can impact sleep quality and has honed her ability into identifying and addressing these issues. Join me as we learn from Melina's insights experience and explore the key components of achieving a restorative night's sleep. Okay, so Melina... Thank you for being on the podcast today. I am so excited to talk about sleep.
0: Of course. I'm so happy to be here. I cannot wait to share more about what I see in my practice and just different, Um, you know, go, go into just let's dive in. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Well, before I dive in, I was also thinking about
1: how does one become a sleep consultant? Is, is it something that you've had to journey through yourself? Um, yeah. Well, I yeah. know a little bit, but do you want a good
0: question? <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So, um, I actually did start on the pediatric side because I had twins that um, didn't sleep very well, and so I joined the team over three years ago. And I never knew that my sleep could be fixed. And so when I, when um, Sleepwise opened it up to train for adult sleep consultants, I knew that that was something that I was really passionate about. I really didn't think that my sleep could get any better. Um, I just thought that that's the way that it was going to be. And um, when I took the training, I was blown away by the research and the statistics on how many people don't sleep well. And then on the flip side of that, what the implications of not getting a good night's sleep every single night did to our health and it really lit a fire under me to educate more than anything, because we're still in this um, time frame where we used to be with pediatric sleep, where, you know, you you would hear people say, well, I hired a sleep consultant for my baby. And they're like, what? What do you mean? What are you talking about? <laughs> and we're right there with adult sleep because, you um, I think a lot of people are just sick and tired of being sick and they're really starting to dig into root causes more and more. Mm -hmm. And we're finding more often than not that, um, over 65% of the U S population, um, they don't get the recommended seven to nine hours of sleep every, every night. Um, and even 60% of people are saying like, they don't sleep well every night or every other night they're having sleep issues. It's such a massive
1: topic. uh,
0: It really is. And people are quiet about it because I, I truly don't think the education's there. And so that's kind of, um, what's driven me is to more educate and just let people know that they don't have to live exhausted. There's a better way of life. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm right along with them on my own sleep journey myself. So um it's definitely not something that it's not a magic fix, it's not a magic pill. Um it definitely takes work. Um but it's fun being able to go, you know, kind of go on my own journey and learn personally too.
1: And then share what you learn, yep. but it's also not your own experience, it's also the research that's right kind of coming into it and maybe also perhaps the new technology that also helps exactly. with that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's something that I see in clinic all the time. I mean, also working with moms, of course, sleep is a big one. And, you know, you ask any mom, how you going? Normally they'll answer. I'm tired, (laughs) stressed, tired, but sleep is such a big one. And of course, when you have a young child, we know perhaps why we're not getting a good night's sleep, but what's one of the big misconceptions we think about sleep? Like what do you most commonly hear where you think, no, that's not quite Right.
0: Yeah. It's really that their sleep isn't fixable, um, or I'll sleep when I'm dead or, um, I'm just a bad sleeper. It's just not in my, in my DNA. It's always been that way. Yes. It's always been like that. My Mm. parents, my parents didn't sleep well. Um, and I'm here to say that there are so many, there's so many contributors to poor sleep. Um, that it just doesn't have to be that
1: way. Yeah, that when I hear you say that, it almost sounds, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm yeah. so excited to kind of dig yeah. dig deep into this. So yeah, you mentioned it before, like sleep has an impact on everything else in our life. And yeah. I think we know that. Like, I think that's very, like, you know, when you're not having a good night's sleep, but sometimes sleeping poor, you forget almost how good it is to have a good night's sleep.
0: Yeah yeah there's not one facet of our entire well-being our emotional physical mental well-being that isn't directly impacted by our quality of sleep hmm. and so when you think about it like that it's like wow i mean it really does impact our sleep and nutrition i know that's kind of your wheelhouse but it it's no different you know it, our nutrition impacts our sleep our blood sugar impacts our sleep It's a, it's a holistic system and we're not looking at it. Yes, we work on the behavioral side of sleep, but, um, you know, we're seeing the, and having the experience of all of these different things that are coming in and impacting sleep and, and understanding what changes could and should be made to positively impact the quality as well. So it's not just, you know, okay, now I'm falling asleep quicker, but what does the quality look like? What does the quality of your life look like? How mm-hmm. can we adjust at maybe during, you know, different times during the day to positively impact your sleep? Because it's not just about the sleep mm-hmm. sleep. It's not just from seven to seven. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, know, everything it's, it's everything in your day. Everything. Yes. It's your stress. It's your, um, you know, it's sun exposure, getting outdoors, Um, You know, I know post-COVID there's been a shift to where people are working from home and they're not stuck in an office all day, but there's just so much that goes into sleep. And so looking at it from a comprehensive 24 hours um, really, I I think, makes the biggest difference.
1: Yes, I've never thought of it like that because it's something that you usually do eight hours a night in bed, whatever it is. So you think, you know, maybe you start thinking about it 20 minutes before you shut your eyes but if you take a bigger approach and think about like when you wake up already thinking about your sleep i can imagine those the shifts that happen there so what are the biggest things that impact our sleep
0: yeah so and there's so many but and i've named a few but sun exposure is a big one vitamin d um your blood sugar so what you're eating for breakfast um not drinking coffee first thing in the morning. So having something substantial in your stomach before you're drinking your coffee. So you're not on that blood sugar roller coat, cortisol. I was going to say
1: cortisol. Yeah. Um,
0: Your mindset is huge. And it's probably the biggest thing when it comes to sleep, but not really just lying there. Um, Mm -hmm.
1: Tell me more about mindset. That sounds
0: really is huge. That's the biggest piece. So I would say like mindset's like the biggest umbrella. And then underneath that, you have all of these different like environment. What does your sleeping environment look like? And um, what do your routines look like? We get ready for everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, sleep is no different. We get ready to go out on dates. We get ready to go um, to the grocery store. We get ready to do just about everything that we do during our day. Um, so why would we think it's okay to just plop into bed after we've been, you know, scrolling mindlessly on our phones for two hours or watching Netflix. Um, we truly have to get our bodies in mind ready for sleep. And it doesn't have to be a big ordeal, but getting your body into those routines can really, really help.
1: Is that touching on sleep hygiene or sleep yeah. hygiene sleep routine? Hygiene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So before, so how would you commonly, uh, prescribe or suggest to your clients that you see to create that? Is it like a two hour thing or a whole day thing or just a 20 minute? Oh, thing? good.
0: Yeah. It's a, I usually have them start getting ready for bed about an hour before. So I call it a power down hour and really it's to relax the mind and the body. um, um you know, some lighthouse work in the beginning is, is fine. Um, but really When you find something that your body enjoys, like a good face massage or a relaxing bath, or you really do have to find something that's motivating for each person, Mm. because we all live busy lives. A lot of people don't even know how they're going to fit in an hour before bed, especially moms. We're, you know, doing dishes and we have lunches to pack and clothes to get ready for the next day and laundry.
1: If you're not Uh, falling asleep with the kids.
0: Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So, um, yes, it doesn't have to be a full hour, but that's kind of where we start. And then we can kind of, um, you know, shorten it up from there, but starting small and not even saying an hour, just, you know, if you can't fall asleep without the TV on, try turning off the TV and reading for three minutes, Mm -hmm. just really making small changes. And that's, where when I'm working with people, we want to do those really small changes to make the lasting results. Yeah,
1: to make it sustainable and long yep. long term. Otherwise, it com- becomes yep. too hard, and then too it's hard. hard. Yeah. And so, yeah. what are some of the most important steps to put into that hygiene? Uh, the, this, the what is it called? The power down? power down. Power down
0: hour. Power down yeah, hour. Yeah, power
1: down hour. So it's like finding something you enjoy. Um, if you are on a screen kind of switching to non-screen before you transition into sleep what would Mm -hmm. be some other big things that, uh, that come to mind for you
0: really um you know if somebody enjoys puzzles puzzles or coloring like adult coloring books really any meditating yoga anything you can have movement in your bedtime routine you can do Um, you know, not vigorous exercises, but a gentle flow before bed, Um, you know, really getting that lymphatic system moving. Hydration is a big one. And, we, you know, you're not having most of your hydration in the afternoon and evening hours. But if you're, you know, kind of have your hydration in an upside down pyramid to where you're having most of your liquids in the beginning of the day and you're tapering down mm-hmm. um but hydration is still really really important for sleep as well
1: how is it how does it um, how does hydration affect sleep because i know that so you wake up dehydrated
0: <laughs> we do and our brain is cleansing itself overnight and so there's a lot of things that are happening when we're in deep REM sleep and hydration is super important for all of that to not become stagnant and our lymphatic system is you know kind of like the, the disposal of all of those toxins that our body has been cleaning up overnight. Mm.
1: Yeah. And then yes, it's cleansing. And then it's also like downloading for the day. Right. I mean, in regards to downloading our thoughts, the mindset, but the stress that we have, the thoughts that we carry, for example, with me, if I wake up in the night, all of these thoughts just come racing into my mind. And I don't think I'm the only one. I hear it quite a lot actually. So I mean, insomnia is also a big thing, you know, what, when it comes to stress and when it comes to, I guess, these racing thoughts that we think about kids' lunches or doctor's appointments or that winter glove that's being lost, how yeah. can one navigate that? How does, how does one let that go and concentrate on sleep? Because once you've yeah. woken up, you know, then you're kind of out of it and then you look mm-hmm. at the clock and then, you know, it's basically,
0: it's... <laughs> It's yeah, it's there, a, mind, I feel. a mind game against yourself at that moment in time. Um, the first thing, don't look at the clock. Um, we play those mind games with ourselves at night. Like if I just, if I can fall asleep, right, you know, in the next 20 minutes, I'll have five more hours of sleep left. Yeah. And so really that's the biggest thing is not looking at your clock, um, not laying there. So not laying there and having those thoughts continue to just race, get up write them down, try to get them out of your mind. That way you are able to lie back down and go back to sleep. Um, the cortisol mismanagement is, is a big one though, because yes, we are all, you know, very stressed and it's just kind of the sign of the times, but, um, managing our cortisol throughout the day can be really beneficial for overnight. Just, setting your alarm for every hour during the day to stop and take a couple of deep breaths can make a big difference on your sleep. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: you know, of course that's, there's a lot more to it than that, but that's a really great starting place for, um, just trying to manage your stress mm. you can um, you know, in your power down hour have like, you know, your closing thoughts for the day, what, you know, go over what you have for tomorrow. That way you've you've thought about it. You have a plan. It's kind of over and done with off your Um, mind. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, of course, when those thoughts do happen, when you wake up in the middle of the night, the biggest thing is just not to lay there, get up. You can do a mindless activity. Um, if you have a load of laundry, you can get up and fold a load of clothes, something very mindless, Mm -hmm. um, and then go back and try to go back to sleep. Um, and, I should rephrase that because we don't we shouldn't have to try to go back to sleep because that's where the mind will start to play games. And, oh, if I can fall asleep in 20 minutes, I'll only, you know, I'll have four more hours left to sleep. And and that's where you kind of get into that mind game with yourself. But, yeah, um, yeah, laying back down. and
1: um, That's really that's a really interesting concept because I always thought perhaps getting up would then Kind, I mean, yeah. yes, I guess at some point you would get tired if you're up for 20 mm-hmm. minutes or an hour, then you probably would start to get tired, but doing activities, but this is probably why you say mindless activities, yeah. things that you find quite melodic, you know, just kind of not being mm-hmm. on your phone, perhaps yep. reading or just having downtime or yeah, doing some folding of the laundry to get you bored essentially to yes, get exactly. back into, mm-hmm. in, into sleep.
0: Yeah. And everybody's different, but it, the biggest thing to take away from that is you don't want to lie there and think about how little of sleep you're going to get if you don't fall asleep within the next step. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah.
1: And I guess, you know, you were talking about root causes before as well, you know, uh-huh. finding, you know, the stress being the root cause, the dehydration, okay. you know, there's certain things. What are some common root causes for sleep issues that you most commonly see?
0: So that's a pretty broad, um, there's really not even like a small list. The, the potential for sleep disruptions, like there's so many contributing factors. Um, I do work with a lot of, um, adults with sleep apnea, upper airway resistance syndrome. So even if they don't have diagnosed sleep apnea, breathing through your mouth, the sleep quality is just not there. Mm. And so, um, working with a qualified professional, such as an airway dentist to, um, monitor being able to tape your mouth shut. I can't recommend that because, um, if somebody has dysfunction of the tongue, they could, when they're snoring, they're essentially choking on their tongue at night. Mm. Um, but doing what you can to like nasal hygiene before bed, clearing your nose, blowing your nose, um using like a neti pot to clear mm-hmm. out your sinuses um but nasal breathing overnight is really really helpful for sleep quality um yeah there's just so much your your stress is probably one of the biggest one cortisol mm-hmm. mismanagement during the day um blue light exposure is huge mm-hmm. so um learning to manage that and using and screens water, it's like our yeah, life exactly. isn't it <laughs> exactly yeah um mm. and just learning how to kind of get around these things because it is our life right and mm. these, these are things that we do combat every single day and so just coming up with not necessarily saying oh you just have to turn your screens off yes that would be ideal after 4 p.m <laughs> but that's just not not sustainable for this day and age and so um you know, doing what we can around those things that we that we do battle daily mm. um, to help just promote you know the individual sleep quality. Depending mm. on what we're seeing, but mm. those are a couple big ones. Is, is air quality in a room also affecting air quality, sleep? Yeah, it can. Mm-hmm. So having an air purifier can be helpful for sure. Mm. Yeah. Mm.
1: I always think about that because in the winter time, you know, it gets quite stuffy. The windows are closed. And if you have, if you have clothes or other things in the room, I always feel like it's so full and then everyone's breathing and.
0: Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And that's another thing like sleep environment's a big one. Do you walk into your room and feel stressed because you have a desk in there with bills piled up on your desk? Um, You really want to create a sanctuary sanctuary in your room that way you can kind of unwind in there mm-hmm. from your day. When you walk in there, if, when you walk in your room, if you feel stressed, that's typically one of the first things I have people address. Yeah. That's messy Is massive. it full of clutter? Yeah, yeah. Is it full of clutter? And, you know, it wouldn't, it doesn't really seem um, like it would be that big of a deal, but I, I do find that it's really, really, really helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, adding plants, you know, just things that are that make you feel peaceful um when you mm-hmm. walk in sense different like um essential oils or um you know and just having a clean room to yeah. start with take your bed some of those St- things like rest mm-hmm. yeah exactly exactly through
1: the olfactory you know through smells this through, through what yeah. you see start the process then that's such a massive one actually
0: yeah
1: Oh, it's so yeah there are so many fa- it's just like you kind of know all this but when you put it all together like that when you think about it right. you picture, it's like whoa there's so many yeah. things affecting and I guess everyone's also very different as well very different yeah both pinpointing what someone's sleep issues are and then remedying and I can imagine also takes time as well yeah. I mean maybe you also yeah. have the experience of changing an environment or changing how they cope for their day and they have an instant good night's sleep. Is that ever a thing or is it something that takes time to correct?
0: Yeah, it is. So, um, I see a range of different people that actually, you know, they have insomnia, they have really terrible, um, life altering sleep issues. And then I also work with people who are just trying to, um, better utilize their time. They're not getting they're getting 6 hours of sleep every night. They're tired so their productivity levels are low during the day. Mm. And so I kind of work with a vast variety of clients, but um there really is a lot that goes into it. It does take time. We're adults, we have, you know, we're creatures of habit and changing those habits can that's really what takes the time. Mm. Um when I work one-on-one with somebody, I'm with them for five weeks to give them that initial support system. Um, and then there's always opportunities to, to talk in the future, but I find after the five weeks, we've established a really good routine Mm -hmm. um, together and they've had that accountability and it's become kind of part of who they are Mm -hmm. by that point, but it still takes time. Mm -hmm. Um, it really just depends on kind of what their, what their issues are, um, you know, what medications they're taking, what background illnesses they have, are they, you know, battling cancer, um, you know, have they gone through, you know, treatments of chemo, there's just, um, you know, yeah, so much, so many, yeah,
1: yeah. and all of that is impacting sleep quality, so
0: much, yeah,
1: yeah, so much. Oh gosh.
0: Then you can just dial it back to being a mom and all of the things that we're juggling every single day. But, um, you know, how many cups of coffee are we going to have before we, you know, are having serious health implications because of that. And, and there are really simple things that we can do just to kind of shift to where we're, you know, getting better sleep at night, even if we're waking up with a baby or, um, you know, those things that do happen, mm. but learning how to prioritize your day a little bit differently and just making those small changes, not drinking coffee when you first wake up is a big one. Um getting making out of the sunshine, eating, getting outdoors, mm-hmm. yeah. All of Yeah, those balancing blood sugar good. levels. Yeah.
1: Mm. yeah. And they're all like these slow little bit here, little bit there, a little bit that. Yeah. And so big question. <laughs> You know, some of the people might be listening, might think, so, you know, they're hearing you say all of these different solutions, but what happens like, you know, if the people, what if it doesn't work for them because they have yeah. serious sleep issues or real yeah. insomnia or something, you know, they've maybe they've, they, they put all these things into practice, you know, they balance their blood sugar levels, they're getting out, they're getting movement, getting vitamin D cortisol, you know, they've even stopped coffee. They've rearranged their room, plants, essential oils. They've got the whole setup, but what if it's not working, or what if it doesn't work for them? Where do, where can they? What's their next steps, or what can they look to do?
0: Yeah, and this is really where I ended up, and I I did it a little bit backwards, but um, working through the behavioral side first really will tell you a lot about what what the root cause really is, right? And so once you're able to kind of get through the behavioral stuff, you can kind of see what pops out. Um, Yes, insomnia is a big one, but reducing stress levels and managing your blood sugar and not, not, you know, watching screens before you go to bed can be really, really helpful. Mm -hmm. And then depending on where you're at, at that point, it would it would be a good determining factor on which way to go. You know, do you need to have blood work done? Um, you know, is it hormonal for moms? Hormones are a big part of um, sleep disruptions. And so, you know, a lot of people that I work with have already done those things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do find, especially um, for the ones that have severe insomnia and, um, like sleep apnea, they have bigger medical things, things going that on. Need to be, yeah. Yeah. We've still made a lot of progress. Um, and mindset usually is a missing, a missing piece. So they're, they're either still really skeptical that they can't get the sleep that they deserve or want. um, the mindset piece is really, really huge, and I do find that the clients that I work with who are in therapy alongside what I'm doing because I'm not a therapist, mm-hmm. um, do tend to see much better results right. faster because yeah. the mindset piece is already there. Okay,
1: yeah, that's massive. Because you said it yourself as well with the whole looking at the clock in the night when you're fighting against yourself, it's never like the needle won't, the needle no. won't move.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You're that battle. Just getting more anxious and anxious by, by the minute. And um, yeah, I don't even, I don't recommend to look at the clock at all. Mm,
1: oh, it's so enriching. It's so like the way that you kind of also like nonchalantly say all this stuff. It's like, this is possible. It's totally yeah. doable. And it's totally within range because yeah, not having a good night's sleep and just seeing that affects your quality of life. Yeah. It's just a big, you know, you know. it's like hydration, nutrition, exercise, sleep. Mm-hmm. It's this one pillar of life that kind of needs to be functioning for us to right. be functioning.
0: Yeah. Our immune systems, they only work when we're in deep sleep and, or, you know, they're re kind of replenishing overnight. And when they're, when we're not getting the sleep, um, our immune systems aren't functioning optimally. That's a huge one. And really, for every 30 seconds that we've been talking, there has been a car accident somewhere in the United States every 30 seconds from sleeplessness. Um, and it tops drugs and alcohol-related car accidents. It's a wow. really big, um, you know, I know everybody says, like, this is the new epidemic. This is the new epidemic. But sleeplessness truly is up there with um. Being one of the most important, in my opinion, because it it impacts every single thing in our entire life: productivity, our you know our performance at work, our performance at home, our relationships, our well-being, our health. Um, there's just it's endless, so yes. it's it's a big one. It is.
1: And so, for everyone who's wondering, where can they find you? Where where who are you a part of, and where can yeah, they find heard- you?
0: Yeah, I work for a consulting firm called Sleepwise Consulting. And um, we have an adult course that just launched um, recently. And it's a self paced course. So it's, um, it's great for education. It's great for those who just kind of want a tweak in their routine. Um, you can take our chronotype quiz, which our society doesn't conform to different chronotypes. And so You know, those of you that are night owls, you still have to wake up and get ready for work at six o'clock. Even Mm -hmm. if you can't fall asleep until, you know, 12 or one in the morning, um, our society is not conforming to different chronotypes. And so adjusting your schedule, your priorities based on which chronotype you you are can be a really good first step. Um, and there's a free quiz on our website just to kind of see what chronotype you are. but structuring your schedule around that, um, to best fit your circadian rhythm can be really helpful. Um, and then working one-on-one is a really amazing, especially for the ones that a need the accountability. Um, I know I'm one of those people. I love having the accountability. Um, it's almost like a race against myself, you know, just trying to see if any of you are competitive. Um, it's nice to be able to see how far you've come. Um, and you do also have the accountability partner. You also know that, um, you're not the one having to make the decisions. And so I, um, meet with clients weekly for the course, over the course of five weeks on in our one-on-one support and we're taking little bites at a time and we're making it sustainable. Um, and I'm giving them new things to kind of work on week by week. So it's not, here's everything you need to change. Um, We're, we're truly working on it week by week, little by little, making it as sustainable as possible to get the, the most out of um, working together.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's also how I see it in my practice as well. You can't just throw it all on. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Stressful, not attainable, not easy, too hard basket. Mm. That's yeah. You've shared some such little golden nuggets in here. And actually one last thing I want to ask, because you were just talking about the chronotypes with the night owl Mm -hmm. and the early birds.
0: Yeah.
1: Can you just, just last, last question. I really want to ask like what's, um, that is a thing. That's obviously I always, I'm a morning person and I always, my partner, I guess is what you'd call a night owl. I'm going to take that quiz. Um, because I, I thought, it is easy to wake up in the morning. It is, it it just feels like a natural thing to do. And he, it's a struggle street for him. Mm -hmm. Can you talk me through the different types of people there are there? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So there's early bird, which very, you know, obvious they wake up early. They like to be up early. Um, they need to go to bed earlier. They're not, they're not somebody that would be out, um, you know, at a late dinner or a late movie, they want to be home. Um, a lark is kind of in the middle of that. Um, and they, you know, it's just in between your night owl and your early bird. And so the night owl really is staying up late and really, they're really not functional before 9am. Like that's really when they're, you know, starting to come out of that fog. Like even if they're up earlier, like nine to 10 in the morning is really like their sweet spot. They're starting to feel more naturally awakened. Mm-hmm. Um, adolescence is a big one. I know we're talking about adults, but they're the best example I have because during adolescence, there's about a two to three hour shift in their circadian rhythm they are learning to drive. They are going to college. They are doing all of these major life things when we're still expecting them to go to bed around 10 o'clock in the, in the evening and wake up for school at six in the morning Mm -hmm. when that two to three hour shift happens. And it is temporary for some, um, they're not tired until 12 or one or two o'clock in the morning. And we Mm. still expect them to wake up and go to school the next day. So that's a really good example on how society is not conformed to our sleep needs as, you know, individuals, human beings. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mm. Because we're still expecting them to get up and function and do all of these things with not getting the recommended eight hours of sleep a night. At such a crucial time in their lives and so adults yes we do have to work um thankfully I think a lot of people's schedules are a little bit more it's flexible shifted now. yeah yeah it it's... has shifted and um I think that that's definitely for the better because people are able to go into the office later or mm. you know they don't have their commute time
1: mm. exactly
0: exactly so I do think um once people can Correlate their schedules Especially. to their chronotype that's a great first step just even knowing
1: um what you they, are and how to you plan thing. your day exactly. around that yes. yeah
0: exactly
1: yeah. it's i mean yes for adults i guess now after corona we do have this flexibility but for anyone in a educational institution system yeah. here in germany the kids start they have to be sitting at their desk at 8 a.m yeah. in australia it was always 9 a.m which i found mm-hmm. reasonable but to get up in winter and be there at eight eight, I don't know, for a little person, it's yeah, a lot. It's a
0: lot. It is a lot. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of um, and I can't speak for the the entire United States, but there has been a shift in a lot of homeschooling units and mm-hmm. um kiddos getting out of the traditional public school system. And I see a lot of benefit to that. Uh, mm-hmm. my kids are in there in school, but um and it's definitely not for everyone, but there are so many benefits to not having to be up that early. Uh, and just know, like if your kids have to be up early, they, you know, you want them to be going to bed early enough in the afternoon and evening. Mm-hmm. I remember my kids when they were five, they were playing, um, baseball and they had a game at like 7 30 at night and I was like why why <laughs> this is too late
1: yeah That um, means an hour game and then dinner and then bath yeah. and then
0: bed yeah. it would be 10 yeah exactly yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: with a 7 30 bedtime that's a little rough but um yes yeah, our society definitely pushes us in a way that doesn't conform to what we need um but just knowing and that's where the education piece I think is big because mm-hmm. once the education's out there, people don't know that um they just don't know. Yeah. And, so,
1: and they can form and then you know think, I, why have I why am why is this not working? Right. Like I have to be up in the office at nine, but I'm not awake yet. Yeah. And when they're aware of that, it's like, oh, okay, I can just wait another right. hour and push my meetings to 10 and
0: exactly.
1: And then I'll function get a lot easier. Yeah. Mm, oh, so nice. So nice. Well. I'm going to ask you one more thing actually just because it's like the closing question. I think it's like, if some if someone like after they, after they finish listening to their podcast, you know, maybe it's in the daytime so they can start thinking about it now. Maybe it's in the evening. What could someone who does struggle with their sleep start doing right now to improve the quality of their sleep?
0: Yeah, that's a good one. Um, there's so many. It's so, it's so hard to pick just one. Um, Screens is a big one, not having screens that it blocks the release of melatonin. And so, um, whether it's switching out your light bulbs to non-fluorescent light bulbs in your bedroom, um, you know, reading a book before bed, doing something, um, not getting into your bed before it's time to go to sleep either. So like the immediate right before bed, um, can, can really have a big impact on the, you know, the last even 15 minutes before bed can really impact the quality of your sleep um it's not easy though and so I I hate for that to be the one thing that I pick because I know a lot of people are like, oh if you tell me I can't have screens then I'm just not going to do it right <laughs> um but yeah. something small like if you're watching TV to fall asleep just try to turn it off three minutes before you go to sleep and read a page of a book mm-hmm. um, and just make those small small changes. Um, once you're sleeping better, your body's gonna start to crave that. Yeah. and just like anything, um you know, you're you'll get into just really loving the routine, loving you know, the way that it feels when you wash your face um it feels silly to say that but your body just starts to get used to it what knows makes what's it coming feel good. yeah, yeah. it does. Yeah.
1: yeah,
0: and the reward that you
1: get at the end, right, Yep. Yeah. Ah, oh, Melina, thank you so much for being here. I really you're enjoyed welcome. this conversation. And I can only me. imagine, yeah, the stuff that you're sharing is going to impact so many people's lives.
0: Good. Good. Thank
1: you. You're, you're, welcome. you're welcome. Thanks so much for being here. You could have been listening to anything, but you're here interested in reclaiming your health. I hope you found the episode useful and constructive. If you enjoyed it and would like to show support for the show, please leave a review as this makes my content more discoverable for other people to enjoy and learn from. Please also consider subscribing to the show on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy listening. Finally, the best way to show support for the show is by sharing it with someone who you think might benefit from it.
0: Thanks for listening. Be well, and I'll catch you next time.